Hey, what's up guys, Travis here. And if you've been following me or my story for any length of time, you know that I started a company called Guestio about a year and a half ago now. And one of the things that we are doing this year in 2022 is we're building a concierge program called the Fast Pass that allows you to get booked on top quality shows and platforms for the purpose of spreading awareness for your brand, grabbing attention, uh, growing your credibility, your authority, et cetera, et cetera. And so if you are listening to this right now and you are a seven figure plus entrepreneur and you have a budget to bring in traffic, attention, credibility, authority to your brand, then this might be a really great program for you. Just head over to travischapel.com slash 10K. Why 10K? Because we guarantee in this program that you're going to be able to speak in front of 10,000 people within 90 days. Okay, 10,000 people within 90 days. Imagine getting on a stage in front of 10,000 people to share your message, your story. That's exactly what we are doing inside of this program through virtual stages like podcasts or virtual events or YouTube channels or blogs. You name it, we are working with it, and we are trying to get you booked on those platforms. So travischapel.com slash 10x. There's a quick application there, and then right at the end of that application, it'll prompt you to set up a phone call where you'll jump on a call with me, and we'll talk through whether or not you're a great fit for this program. Please act fast on this. Do not wait because we are only taking on one or two clients a week due to uh, constraints with our team and the limited supply of high quality shows and platforms that are out there in the market. So if that's you and you're really wanting to explode your brand in 2022, head over to travischapel.com slash 10K, fill out the application, schedule a quick phone call, and you and I will chat really soon about whether or not this would be a great fit for you. Thanks guys. Talk to you soon. You are listening to the Build Your Network podcast. If you're tired of the old way of networking, the business cards, the awkward conversations, and the aggressive pitches, but you know how crucial your network is to your success in life, then you're in the right place. Welcome to Build Your Network, the only top-rated show committed to helping you master content networking, foster real relationships, increase your authority, and build the network of your dreams. Listen in on conversations with world-class entrepreneurs, authors, thought leaders, and more as we deconstruct their best strategies for your success. So get ready to burn your business cards, ditch the name tag, and discover the new way to network with your host, Travis Chappell. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Build Your Network podcast. Laura, thank you so much for joining me on today's show. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we always like to take these conversations back to the very beginning, and I can't imagine that middle school Laura thought she would be a Pinterest expert. So tell, tell me a little bit about your childhood, kind of what your personality was, what direction you thought you were heading kind of growing up. Yeah. So I still am bubbly and spunky, and I love making new friends and talking. So this is right up my alley. <laughs> I never saw it as Pinterest. I did, however, think that I was going to go into design, which mm. back then was interior design. And I wanted that from elementary school all the way up until freshman year of college. And then I jumped and I did marketing graphic design. So I mm. still stayed in the design realm. I still was in that area. But yeah, interior design was really my thing. Cool, cool. What what sparked that? Were your parents kind of in that world or did you just kind of come into it on your own? No, actually my mom is a registered nurse. She okay. just retired recently, which is awesome. And 
when I was growing up, my dad worked for the airlines. He worked for Masaba, which is no longer, it's actually merged into Delta now. And then uh, was a teacher and just retired from teaching as well. Mm. So we didn't really in that, you know, growth period of our family and the changeover of my dad from one job to the other, we didn't have that entrepreneurial background really. Mm. So it was interesting for me to come into that later in life. I realized it suddenly, you know, one day and I was just like, this isn't going to work for me. And I've been doing it on my own ever since, but my parents have always supported Hmm. myself and my brother in whatever we wanted to do. So it's been very helpful to have that, I think, no matter what path we wanted to take. It was always, okay, how can we help you? Yeah. I I was curious about that because it's always, it's, it's always one or the other. It's always, my parents were super unsupportive, which seems to be the majority. And I always feel thankful. Like I kind of resonate with you. Like my parents were always super on board with like, oh, you want to be a videographer? You want to do this? Like we back you, you know? And, uh, and I was curious because your mom being the nurse, like I thought, is she going to get pushed in the medical field? Was that the, was that the push? But that's cool. They were super supportive. Yeah, no, she knows I am actually very squeamish with blood. That is like <laughs> the one yeah. thing. So I think she knew that was just not going to happen for me. And they actually are still so supportive. They moved closer to my husband and I. Mm. And during the pandemic, they actually did daycare for us wow. and preschool for my four-year-old. So it. I mean, the support from my family and even my husband's family has just been instrumental in us being able to grow to where we are now. Yeah, that's amazing. Well, I definitely want to get to where you're at now, um, but but I'm curious, like yeah. you had the interior design thing, you were you were kind of pushing that direction. When did that pivot into kind of like going from design into the kind of social media realm? Was that post-college? Did you kind of switch up gears getting into college, like what, what happened that, that direction? Yeah. So I started my freshman year. It was actually my senior year of high school. I was doing freshman year college work for three fourths of the time. Okay. And I took a couple interior design classes just to kind of get my feet wet. I really didn't feel that spark. Hmm. So I started thinking about what else I wanted to do and went into more of like the marketing background, which then led into graphic design and social media and all that. While I was doing that, my husband and I had our first. So I actually went back to school online to finish my degree. And during that time, the job that I was working laid off the entire floor and just closed down. So it gave me that opportunity to really like jump both feet in and be like, okay, I need an internship for this course to finish this. I took one virtually and the light bulb kind of went on because she wanted to hire me after that. And it was like, oh, people don't care that they're in California and I'm in Minnesota and I can work for them. So then I started digging around. Like now VA and virtual assistant is a really big term. Back when I started, social media assistant, virtual assistant, nobody knew what that was, right? So I just started figuring out, you know, where to find those clients, how to be working with different people. I did end up getting 
a very successful contract and doing very well as a VA, but it came to the point where we were talking about having more kids and I just felt burnt out. I didn't feel like I would have time for the family. So I started picking out of everything that I do for my clients, what brought me joy Hmm. and what brought the most results and the most for my clients as well. And that's when we landed on my love for design, which my (laughs) background and my degree came for and Pinterest. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's why it's so important to be comfortable knowing who you are. Like, and that's something that's been the last year I've, I've talked about with a lot of people is that, you know, when you're a kid, the push is like, what do you want to be? And, you know, I think about it, I'm like, podcaster was not a thing. Designer, like graphic design, the way that we do it now was not a thing. Social media, what was social media? You know, like, so you you have to be really comfortable knowing like, hey, my talents are creativity and I like sharing stories and I like doing this. Like that's going to help you pivot into all those different steps kind of moving forward. And it's, it's cool that you did that, especially with the college background, because a lot of people get stuck with like, I dumped this much money so I can't pivot. Like I have to stick with this forever. So that's yeah. that's really cool. You made those changes. So so tell me a little bit, kind of diving into that. Like you picked those things, you kind of did the Marie Kondo route with your career and picked what you liked, what brought you joy. What was the first thing you did with that? Like, did you just start going out trying to find marketing clients or, or what was kind of the direction you went after making that choice? Yeah, so... I'm not going to lie after making that choice. It was a lot of back and forth because I was really worried about the income for the family. I mean, we were planning on our second child. We now have three. So it was very nerve wracking to be like, okay, I'm going to say no to these people and I'm only going to do this. So it did take a couple years. I did start telling people when they would refer me like someone to do Facebook or someone to help with email marketing. I appreciate the referral. I want to let you know I am niching down and I'm only going to be doing Pinterest. Hmm. And I didn't have anybody give me like feedback that was negative, right? And I thought that was going to be a huge thing. Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're going to one single thing. I had tons of people be like, that's awesome. Like even today, I had someone be like, Pinterest is so you and your personality. Like Mm. you are a crafty mom with your kids and you know how to market, right? Like, so I think the one thing that I started doing slowly was gaining up the courage to say no. It sounds weird. And a lot of people here, like you just got to say no and you just got to do what you want. It's harder to say that than it is to do that. Hmm. So I started practicing with littler contracts and littler referrals so that I knew I still had the stability to say no. And then I started using my own skills for Pinterest to find the other clients Hmm. as well. So then I would work on my website and landing pages and just kind of figure out how to build the structure like I would for a client to bring in people to work with me. Yeah. Yeah. Learning to say no is one of the hardest steps I feel like. Cause, cause when it, when you're first in that position of working, you know, when I was working nine to five and I wanted to quit, it was yes to everything that would make me money to get out. 
And, you know, then when you start trying to grow, you're like, I can't scale being everything, you know, you can't scale being a jack of all trades. And and that's what I I think most social media marketers do, or at least self-proclaimed social media marketers do is they say, I'll do everything. I'll do videos. I'll do graphics. I'll do ads. I'll do this. Mm -hmm. And it's when you niche down and say no to some of those bigger projects that don't pay as much that you, uh, you start really growing. Yeah. And when you think about it too, like the bigger agencies that do all service social media, they don't have one person that does every single thing. They have one person that does their focus. So they may have 10 different people so that they can offer all those things. And a lot of times we put ourselves in those comparisons, like, oh, I have to offer Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, like whatever, because this agency does. And if I want to scale to be like this agency, that's what I have to do. But you forget that that agency has how many people inside of it, right? right? And they're not putting someone who's not strong on Instagram that knows Facebook like the back of their hand. I mean, they're using their strengths just like we should be using ours when we're individuals. Yeah. Well, let's let's talk a little bit about Pinterest because your yeah. your that's where your strength is, and yeah. you know, I mean, someone like me, like I've I've done a lot in the social media realm. I've done a lot of marketing. I've I've worked with, you know, some some big groups, and and Pinterest is something that's always just hasn't made sense to me. And and maybe it's because I never went into it as a user. So like I went into it just trying to figure it out, and yeah. and it's it's just one of those things that to me has been a big blind spot. And I think for a lot of people. Um, Pinterest has the, I guess, reputation as, as being like the, the cool hobby site or places where you learn how to do stuff, but, but the business application side doesn't come up a lot. So can you talk a little bit about like one, who should be using Pinterest and then maybe start giving some practical tips as far as like where to get started? Like if I was to get started today, uh, and I'm, I'm ashamed to admit I've started many times, (laughs) but if someone was to get started right now, what should they be looking for and how should they look at Pinterest as a tool? Yeah, absolutely. So let's tackle Pinterest as a whole. A lot of people couple it in with social media and I actually want to break that. There are elements of Pinterest that they are moving to be more social like, but Pinterest is more of a search feed like Google or YouTube rather than a social feed like Facebook or Instagram. So if you start to think about how you can market yourself with someone who is searching for a solution to a problem that they have, that's really how you're going to be successful on the platform. Because yes, people say, okay, it's DIY, it's crafts, it's whatever. But do you say that about Google or YouTube? Hmm. People go to YouTube and they say, I want to know how to grow my email list. Hmm. And then all these videos pull up or I need to know how to do SEO or whatever it is. They don't always go to YouTube searching for a product or, you know, a DIY craft just because that's on there doesn't mean that's all that's there. Hmm. So if we start thinking about what our potential client or customer is asking and how we can answer that ask, that's really where we're going to meet them. Because a lot of times they already know they need somebody to help them with this. So they'll go to Pinterest and, for example, 
how do I grow my podcast? Like, how do I grow my podcast listeners? They'll go to Pinterest or Google or YouTube, and that will be the question they ask. So if I can answer that, then my topic will show up in the search of what they do. Mm. So it's comforting to know that if we already know what their problems are, which most of us as marketers do, then we can be found by using this platform. And if you don't know what problem you solve, you have a lot of work to do in your business before you get to yeah. the marketing side. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's that's really interesting. Interesting. Is, is there a certain is there a certain type of person that shouldn't be using Pinterest, or is it something you think that everybody, lawyers, real estate investors, do you think everybody should take a swing at or include it in their in their arsenal? Yeah. So I do think everybody should be using Pinterest. The caveat that I will say to that is if you are someone who does not have a website or only has one landing page or doesn't do anything on social media, but you're trying to find that next client or work on building your service-based or sell that product, it's going to be very difficult for you to use the platform Hmm. The major change and shift that they've gone to is they want fresh content. And so you can create, and without getting too deep for people who are newer, you can create a couple different images for that one URL, Hmm. and then you have fresh content. But if that's the only URL you have, you're only going to have three, four, five pin images for the next 30 days before you can recycle it again so that you're not spamming people. So if you are someone who has blog articles, LinkedIn Pulse, Instagram, YouTube videos, podcasts, you know, freebie offers, landing pages, sales pages, plural, then yes, absolutely, you should be on the platform. Just make sure that you have more than one of those things that you can promote so that it's sustainable. Right. Yeah. You don't want to just be popping a billboard up for yourself to the same spot over and over again. Yeah. Your account will get shut down so fast. (laughs) Really? Okay. Yeah. Um, I I am curious about this. This is one thing. So um, we've been attacking Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, which which you kind of covered are all social media sites. They lean heavily into that. Again, show my uh, lack of knowledge surrounding Pinterest, but I love but it. it. But it's come to my attention from a few people that Pinterest is starting to get into the video world as well. Like that's been something I've introduced to the platform. It's actually something that got me excited for this conversation because I'm video is kind of my background. I'm always yeah. interested in that. I love the traction that TikTok videos get, Instagram Reels is getting, YouTube Shorts is getting. So, what can you tell us about the Pinterest video platform and how should we look at that? Is it similar to a TikTok style thing? Should we be focused on more instructional content? Like what's kind of the the vibe or the way that should be leveraged right now? Yeah. Uh, yes to all of the above. <laughs> There's so many different ways that you can utilize it. A video on the platform can be a like GIF type moving image. It can be moving text. It can be actual video like you and me right now. It can be an audio gram where like headliner puts out the wave audios. So there's multiple ways to do it. Really, 
the question falls back on you is how does your clientele relate Mm. to that type of content? So the biggest thing that I teach people is Pinterest can be the top of funnel and lead to those other places. So if you want to grow your Instagram account, use Pinterest to lead to IGTV Mm. because that has a wider audience. They may type in a search term and then end up on your Instagram account. So you can do that first, but one of the things that I caution you with video is make sure that it's your video first, like the original file. A lot of people have been taking TikTok videos and repurposing them. If that watermark is on there, unfortunately, the computer knows, like Pinterest is smart, they know. And so it will not get seen. It will kind of get pushed down in the algorithm. But if you do a video for Reels or just first like a Reels style video, then you have that original piece of content that you can change up a little bit by just uploading it to Pinterest first, then Instagram, then TikTok, then YouTube Shorts, wherever you want it to go. I think in terms of what type of content or how to structure it, test it. It's really going to depend on what's converting the best for you in your niche. Is it how-to? Is it behind the scenes? Is it funny? You know, like what is your audience actually resonating with? Are you helping answer questions? Are you showing them the step-by-step? There's a lot of different ways. There's One of them that we were actually talking about with Tailwind a couple weeks ago is um, FAQs. Like FAQ pages are huge when you're trying to sell something. So why don't you do a quick, you know, here's a question I got, here's the answer. Hmm. There's a video you could upload that links back to your FAQ page. Now you're helping get over those stalls of the questions that you already have written out But you're just doing quick little snippet videos of it and then linking to where you want them to go. Does production quality play any bigger piece in the Pinterest world? Because I know Pinterest is very much aesthetic. Like that platform, even more than Instagram, like when I go to certain Pinterest pages, one of of my friend's daughter has a huge following on Pinterest and it's like everything is like immaculate, like gallery of, of images and does really well. One of the things I love about TikTok is you can pull out your phone, just do a quick video, and that's yeah. it. Um, should yep. you be looking at a certain quality level when going to a Pinterest video post, or is it better to be done than perfect, just focus on quantity? So I think focus on the quality of the content that you're leading to, not necessarily the video or right. the image, right? Like, yeah, that's going to matter. But what I'll, for those who are listening, you won't see this, but we can link to this for you guys. There's a couple different story reels. This mm. one that you're seeing right here, that's literally me sitting on my patio with my phone, no makeup, messy hair, and out with my kids. This one is in my actual office with my nice fuchsia background, like, good camera, good audio. Um, The one that's more messy actually got more views Mm. and clicks than the one that was nicer. That may just be my niche and my audience. So again, I love A-B testing. I can't say that enough, but it doesn't have to be perfect if it's 
quality content. If you are truly there to help with the content that you want them to consume, then they're not going to care if you have makeup on or not, or if you are outside in, you know, a beach setting versus inside in an office setting. It really Mm. just depends on how you are presenting what they're looking for. Mm. Yeah. So it's the quality of the content, not necessarily the the packaging of the content as much. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's interesting. This episode of the show is brought to you by Indeed. We are driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate is not to search at all. It's to match and match with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need this platform, guys. I'm telling you, Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work and use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging candidates so you can connect with those people even faster. And it doesn't just help you hire faster. In fact, 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And look, guys, one of the things that I wish I would have used Indeed for is this matching service. You can search and search and search and search and search all day long, but to actually be presented with quality candidates, like 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 hiring a a recruiter for you that's presenting people that has actually done the work to vet them and uh, bring quality people in front of you, that work by itself is uh, the fact that it's done by a software instead of like a team of high quality recruiters is is pretty insane. So they leverage over one hundred and forty million qualifications and preferences every single day, which is why Indeed's matching engine is the best one that you can use. It's constantly learning from your own preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets at doing the job for you. Join more than three and a half million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility over at indeed.com slash Travis. Just go to indeed.com slash Travis right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed here on the podcast. Indeed.com slash Travis. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Um, Yeah, I definitely want to pivot and talk a little bit about networking, which is a big piece of this. But before that, I I do want to ask this. What are some of the biggest mistakes you see people making jumping on the platform? Because for example, like like I said, I took a lot of content, repurposed it, struggled to gain traction. I'm sure there were some crucial <laughs> mistakes or, or things that I overlooked. So what would you say are some of the biggest mistakes people make? Obviously, spamming the same link, not having yeah. other resources to go to. What are, what are maybe one or two other ones you see that are common that really throttle your growth? Yeah, two of them that I hear a lot are, one is they didn't take enough time for the foundation of their profile. So they're not telling Pinterest what those topics are. And we can link to this as well. I have a jumpstart program where we go through your profile image, your profile name, your bio. Those things matter more than like Instagram and Facebook profile and bio, right? Like Facebook, you may not click through to somebody's about page on their page. Yeah. Pinterest, you're setting yourself up with the profile and the boards and things like that for the phrases that are searched and it all goes on a relevancy score. 
So if you're sharing about apples, but your profile talks about potatoes, it's not going to match. They're not going to get that connection. So really take time in diving into the like five steps is what I teach in my jumpstart program uh, that really need to be done so that you have that foundation so that when you are sharing that content out there, it's really actually being seen by the people you set that you know, concrete foundation up for. The second thing is not giving it enough time. I love the analogy that Pinterest is a stock market. And I wish who I remembered who I heard that from first. I will not coin, coin the phrase, but Pinterest is like a stock market. It goes up, it goes down, you get tons of traffic, you may slow down on some traffic some things change, some things stay the same for months. If you do not truly stay consistent on the platform for at least 90 days, you're not going to start to see the results of the work that you're putting in. Hmm. So we've worked with clients before in my agency where we'll share a URL that has advanced UTM codes on them. So we can track when we shared it to when it's starting to pick up traction And we've shared stuff in February that started coming up and getting sales and email leads in May. So it really depends. How quick are people looking for it? Are you hitting on the right trends? I mean, it can work faster. We've had February to February, but you got to stay consistent and you got to give it enough time. So I say 90 days. And when I say consistent, if you can pin once a day, great. Do once a day. There's a lot of other people out there that will be like, oh, it needs to be 15, 20, 30 times a day. I'm not with that. I have clients that do three times a day and they get more traffic from Pinterest than they do any other platform that they're doing marketing on. So just stay consistent with it. Is there a minimum for that? Would you say once a day is probably the, the most or the least frequent that you would do? Yeah, I would try to do once a day. I've had people in um, my Pintastic Rockstars program that will do like once every other day, once every three days, because they're just starting to get their feet wet and figure out what they can put out there. That's totally fine because it will see that you're being consistent still and then just build up from there. Gotcha. We teach how to do like intervals and repurpose the pins that you're putting out there. So, I mean, you go 60 days, the pins that you shared the first week or two are going to come back in that next 30 days, that next 60 days, that next 90 days. So it's going to start getting smaller and smaller with the new stuff that you have to put out during that day. Gotcha. So it's really up to what gets you on the platform. I really want to focus on people getting on the platform more than overwhelming them with how much they have to be on that platform. Yeah, going from zero to hero, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's super helpful. Um, I I definitely want to continue the conversation into building your audience with it, but I got to ask this question because we ask everybody that comes on the show. Do you believe that who you know or what you know is more important and why? I saw you email me this question (laughs) and I have gone back and forth. I don't know that... I have a specific who or what you know, because I feel like they kind of play into each other. So I think what you know helps with 
who you connect with because they're they're going to seek you out or you're going to seek out people that are like power partners, right? right. There's always going to be a before and after you. And so networking and finding those power partners is going to be based off on what you know. But you can always leverage who you know to build a bigger network to then restart that cycle, if that yeah. makes sense. So this may be a cop-out answer for you. I don't know. But I really don't like choosing just one. I love meeting people. I think even if I meet somebody and it's just pure like meeting and hanging out and we're not a good fit right now, that doesn't mean we don't know somebody down the line or we're not going to be a good fit down the line later on. So I always love to just network and meet people and build upon that connection, but they need to know what I know to know if they even want to open up to connect with me. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, and it, it kind of leads to a question that's been lingering in my mind because I, I see Pinterest pages like yours. I see, you know, ones that have been successful and and I envy the reach of some of these pages that that have been built up. And one of the things that feels really different to me about Pinterest, and, and TikTok has this a little bit too, it's very much built around you as a person or like you as the spokesperson of a company for the companies that have successful pages. And what's different than what we do with podcasting or with YouTube or with any other platform is it's very much built on leveraging, at least for us, leveraging others' credibility and kind of reporting what they share. So that idea of meeting the right who, you find out what. So like for us, we'll bring in somebody who's a big real estate investor and share their knowledge. And that that extends credibility. We'll talk about leadership with John Maxwell. That brings that credibility and helps us leverage it. Is that element there when it comes to Pinterest? Should you be bringing on people to collaborate in ways where you can leverage the credibility of their brand? Um, Is it something where you should just really focus on getting yourself in front of the camera and slowly building it just by giving good information? Like what's the best path there? Yeah. So in terms of content on your profile, I believe in 99% of the content being your content, right? And so the other 1% is when you're doing like communities, Tailwind has communities where you'll share one into a community and then share one out from somebody else's information into your profile. That's kind of that reciprocation and that networking that you'll see. To do it on the flip side though, I love when people do podcasts like this, Facebook Lives, YouTube interviews, that content is still technically your content, right? right? So you could take this podcast, put it on a blog post, send me the Pinterest pin that you shared on your profile, and then I'm going to share it on mine as well because I'm a part of that content. So there's a networking element that you can think outside of the box on because then you will be leveraging their Mm. audience, your audience, and it does help. But it's not particularly just like when you go to a podcast and you're looking for specific people that can talk about specific topics. It's just how you want to present that content. Like for me, when I do episodes like this or 
I do a Facebook live interview with someone, I always will share that out because it's beneficial for both of us. Hmm. So I'll make my own pins and share it to my own profile. It technically leads to your content, but I'm in it. So I think it's just mutually beneficial all around. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. And and as far as building the community aside, like you mentioned, Pinterest not being a heavy social platform, even though that's an element of it, would you say, because obviously having growth on a platform is good, but like one of our questions is always, how does that convert to our bottom line? Whether for, for the show, it's getting podcast listeners. So like when we're looking at, you know, Instagram, sometimes we get frustrated because people don't go from Instagram and check out a podcast. Same with Facebook, Mm -hmm. TikTok, people do because they're used to supporting Twitch creators and all that kind of stuff. They will jump in and listen to a podcast and they'll tell you, started listening to your show because of a TikTok video. So with Pinterest, is basically with your with your audience on Pinterest, are you taking them outside the platform to put them into your networking groups? Or are you basically maintaining those relationships with your followers within Pinterest? Like how are you, how are you bringing them into your ecosystem? Is it purely just through landing pages and email lists or what's the best, best route there? Anywhere you can send them, anywhere mm. you have a URL, you can send them to it and use Pinterest as basically a, I found you redirection site. Gotcha. So if you did a video, they'll click through that video to watch the full video. It really depends on your call to action and what you're telling them you want them to do. So I have a LuLaRoe consultant who's a client of mine and they do a lot of live streams in a private group to sell mm. different things that they have. She will use Pinterest to send them to her Facebook group so that they can request to join and then see when she's doing the selling in the Facebook group. She doesn't have a ton of landing pages because she's with the MLM and she's building that up, but we have other places where her audience is and she can work on that communication and that um, relationship with that clientele. So it just depends on what's working right now for your business. Where do you get the most traction? Where do you see those conversations happening? And then use Pinterest to redirect them to that. Gotcha. So it's not happening native within the platform so much as it is taking them to wherever your main main sources. Yeah, we're starting to see a little bit more right now because they have the idea pins out there, okay. which... A lot of people are doing comments on videos are starting to get a little bit more. Plus you can say, I tried this, right? Yep, yeah. exactly. But it's not as huge as TikTok or Instagram or things like that. The main purpose is to be found and then lead them to where you want them to go. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah, that's that's really helpful. And and just before we close, um, I know you have a couple different programs helping people, business owners, individuals. Mm-hmm. Can you kind of talk a little bit about those? And for someone listening who's saying, either I need to get on this or I need to get one of my assistants starting up a Pinterest page for me like right now, uh, what would you say is the best place for them to get started? Yeah, so I think for anybody who wants to work on that foundational piece that we talked about earlier, I definitely would have them check out what I call is the Pintastic Jumpstart. It really kind of lays out in five simple steps the foundation that you need to have, where I've actually had people go through those five steps and their visibility on the platform tripled within Mm. a couple of weeks just by making sure that these five things were done. Once that's done, I mean, and that's a simple 
you know, each video is five to 10 minutes. It's really easy, action-packed. Once you get that foundation, then I would say, let's talk about Pintastic Rockstars. Because really, that's where I help you grow your audience, grow your authority, and grow your traffic using the power of Pinterest so that you can then increase your email leads while I say flooding your bank account with moolah. Um, <laughs> that is my claim to fame here in terms of Pinterest. I Another phrase that I say all the time is, I hope that I can teach people how to use Pinterest in less than one hour a week hmm. so that you don't have to trade your sleep for success. Hmm. I mean, with three children, I just don't have the time. Yeah. So I actually paid for my wedding in cash by the marketing strategies that I use on Pinterest. Wow. We got engaged and I decided if this is going to happen, I need to figure out how to kick it into gear. And so what I do for my clients and what I teach, I put into practice with some tweaks that we then tweaked for my clients. And we were able to come up with enough money to pay for the wedding in cash. Wow. So the Pintastic Rockstars is not like a traditional course program. Um, it's not anything like that. It's really hand-holding support, um, accountability. There's different calls in there. Well, I will dive in one-on-one -on -one with them to go through strategy, to go through auditing what they're working on and give them them tips. So it's really like you have me in your back pocket um, and it's just a monthly membership. It's only $67. So it's, it's really easy to get started. And we have tons of people in there that are, are super helpful. It's like a little family community, actually. That's cool. That's, that's really awesome. Well, I, as we wrap up, I'm going to go ahead and move us into our random round. So I'm going to ask you some quick questions with some quick answers. Uh, we do need some like game show music for this for sure. But uh, know, let's do it. <laughs> first up, what profession other than your own do you think it'd be fun to attempt? I think something crafty, architectural, maybe. I mean, something that I, I just really like to get in and do stuff. Yeah. And I'm like really action focused and I like to learn. So maybe architecture, I'll build my own structure in my own house. Well, you've got the interior design part down. So yeah, it's there a, we go. a step outside. So uh, if you could sit on a park bench with anybody past or present and talk with them for an hour, who would it be and why? The first person that came to my mind was actually my birth mom. Hmm. I was adopted as was my brother. And my brother has met his birth parents and it was like the most amazing story and just layout and mm. everything like that. I still have not met my birth parents and I don't know if they're still out there or not. It was a closed adoption. So I think no. it would really be cool to just sit and say hi and learn about like what she's like. Is she anything like me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, how do you like to learn best? Uh, books, blogs, podcasts, videos, pins? Uh, what's your favorite way to learn? I really like podcasts because, and this is going to be totally cool. So all the other moms out there, I mean, raise your hand, but my thing is to mow the lawn because my husband 
We'll take all the children. The children can't come around you when you're mowing the lawn. We have a rider mower. So I will just sit out in the sun for an hour listening to podcasts and mowing the lawn. <laughs> like that's like my thing. I like it. So, so your please husband's tell me I'm not on. alone. Your husband's <laughs> catching on going like, why are you mowing the lawn like seven times a week? Hold on. Yeah, what right. Like on? every single day. <laughs> no, I told him I love it and he doesn't mind at all. Yeah. So I'm going to yeah. keep doing that. I think really podcast is number one, but of course, reading blogs for things with my kids. And I mean, when they go to bed or they're snuggling with me in bed because they didn't want to sleep in their own area, can't listen to a podcast. So I do like reading things too. That's awesome. What does your morning routine look like? With three kids, it's probably pretty pretty interesting. So what's your morning routine like <laughs> usually? Oh, my morning routine with a five-month-old starts at about 4.30 or 5.00. She wakes up, she wants mama, we get her fed. My four-year-old will then wake up anywhere between six and seven. So we get him up, get him fed. I mean, right now we're in summertime. So everybody starts, we do unschooling and some chores. I will get anything that needs to be done in the house done. I want it done by eight or nine o'clock because then my head can really focus on either the family, if it's a family day, or my work, if it's a work day. If I'm sitting in a messy office, that's all I'm going to be thinking about, and I can't be creative. We have a a family full of animals. We have two dogs and a bearded dragon. So if they're messy, I mean, everything that in my personal life needs to be taken care of or Mm. attended to, I try to get done right away in the morning when we have the most energy and the kids are the most helpful. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, then after that, it really depends. I typically work three to four days a week. Okay. So the other days we do family activities. Today actually was magnetic slime. So then we'll do that. And the rest of the day is just kind of free for all depending on what we got going on. That's awesome. What's your go-to pump up song? Oh my goodness. I don't know that I have a pump up song. Whatever my pump up song is whatever my kids are listening to. It could be baby shark. It could be, (laughs) I don't even know what my 13 year old is listening to right now. Grits. It could be skillet. It, whatever those children put on my Google home, that is what my pump up song is. (laughs) Got the kids bop going. Love it. Yes. Kids Uh, bop all the time. (laughs) I didn't didn't realize how much music was inappropriate until I had kids. And I was like, I can't listen to any of my pump up songs. (laughs) I know, right? You put them in kids bop version, then you're good. Then you're good. Uh, What's something that you're not very good at? Ooh, I am. I'm still not very good at saying no. Okay. That is a daily thing that we work on. I'm really good at it with my kids. So that's something that I got to fix because we try to be the yes mom now is our thing. I think something that I'm not good at, full transparency in my business, I'm not good at slowing down on trying to automate everything. I really love human connection and I really love human conversation. But with three kids, running an agency, running my own side business, like 
it's really hard for me to say, oh, well, I could just do that myself instead of saying, hey, if I connect this with Zapier to this to that, bada bing, it's done. Yeah. So I have been working within my mindset to say, you know, talking to this person only takes 10 minutes and they Mm. probably appreciate it more than I could ever know. Or doing this task only takes five extra minutes out of my day. And it's really more of a personal touch if I did it. So I think slowing down and Mm. focusing on less automation is something that we've been really working on for right now in this year. Yeah, it's a really hard balance. And it's it's definitely... It's coming, and you could probably relate to this coming from the solopreneur background. Is like it was always so hands on on my side, and and yeah, it it was hard. It's still hard. Like I I my weakness is building out systems that make things easier because I'm just like I'll just do it. it. Takes five minutes, you know, and then those five minutes add up and add up and add up. But then when you do start automating, then it's the reverse where you're trying to like how do I keep a personal touch on this? How do I keep people feeling like they're in the loop? So. It's definitely yeah. a, a never-ending battle trying to figure out where to where to land with that. But yeah, uh, but yeah, no. I mean, I'm really glad you did not say no to doing this interview because it was super uh, super helpful. And uh, and maybe you'll practice saying no on some future podcasts. But I'm glad you said yes to ours. Uh, before I we love wrap podcasts. up, podcasts. Yeah, I don't think I'll ever be able to say no. I say yes to everything. I've told people I'll, I'll pretty much as long as I can make it make sense why I'm going yeah. on and I can actually add some value, I'll say yes to most of them. That of course. I've said no to one this year, and it was because I didn't feel like I could add anything to their topic. So yeah, but yeah thank you so much for doing this. And uh, before you go, I know you mentioned a couple places where we can link out to that people can check out. Uh, what's the best places online for people to connect with you? Obviously Pinterest, but uh, where where else can they find you? Yeah, so all my social media is at Laura Reich. It's L-A-U-R-A-R-I-K-E. Really, we have a start now button on my website that's super helpful and kind of guides you through what you need. So if you go to laurareich.com, if you have any questions about Pinterest, definitely send me a message in Facebook, uh, just laurareich.com forward slash Q. And I would love to help answer any questions you guys have because I really think that the platform is underutilized by a lot of us. Mm. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, it's super, super helpful. Well, thank you so much for for joining me yeah. on today's episode. And uh, definitely everybody go check out all the links in the show notes and try to figure out how to use Pinterest best for your personal business or or any way that you can really leverage it to kind of grow your audience and your network. So thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having me. That's it for this episode. If you want to connect with Travis and other like-minded people who also listen to the show, then you're going to want to head over to travischapel.com slash group to join his free Facebook group, Podcast to Profit. Travis will see you there. And remember to leave every relationship better than you found it. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. 
They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.